your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Great to have you with us. And Jen Langosh used to cover the Cardinals for MLB.com. She was actually our 101 ESPN Cardinal Insider. Now she has a couple of little ones. She's a managing editor for MLB.com, heavily involved with the St. Louis chapter of the BBWAA. And joining us now on 101 ESPN to talk a little bit about Oliver, Oliver Marmol, the new Cardinal manager who Jen knows well. Jen, thanks for taking some time with us. And uh, I first of all want to know how you're doing. I'm doing well, Randy. It's been way too long since we've done this, so thank you for the invitation. Um, you know, life is crazy and chaotic in our house with a three-year-old and a nine-month-old, but um, it's wonderful, so life is really good. That, that is great to hear. And Michelle retweeted the other night, and it was brought to mind your story a few years ago about the the work that Oliver Marmol and his wife have done down in Nicaragua and Guatemala and the generosity of that couple beyond being a, a baseball man that every Everybody raves about everybody in the Cardinal organization. He's a genuinely good human being. He is, you know, and, and as I went back and read that story, which I wrote in 2014, and at the time, you know, Ollie was a minor league manager who was making about $40,000 a year. Um, and he and his wife would take these trips down to Central America and just became, you know, moved by what they saw, working at orphanages, trying to bring baseball to different communities. And they came home and committed to donating half half of the money that Ollie made at a side job that he did during the off season, basically to support his family was a baseball performance Academy that he started. Um, And since then they have donated half of their profits to these orphanages and two different projects um, in Guatemala, in Nicaragua, in Haiti. Uh, The first year that he did this, he was able to feed a village in Haiti for six months with the money that he donated. So, um, you know, we we hear stories like this a lot in baseball. And, you know, it's so wonderful to see what our players and managers and coaches do. But to think that somebody who was, you know, really just trying to scrape by, new in his marriage, trying to afford a house, would donate this much of his income to help people in other countries was really touching to me at the time, but I think also speaks to who Ollie is as a person. And, you know, now for Cardinals fans to get to know who he is going to be as a manager. And Jen, when I was reading that story, one thing that really popped out about me out to me is that this is someone that really cares about people. He cares about people he doesn't even know, and he's going to find a way to scrape together some money to help people he doesn't know. So I can only imagine the time and energy and care he would pour into relationships of people that he has a longstanding um, history with. And I think that that's probably going to be a huge character trait that allows him to be successful in this role as a manager is the way that he develops those relationships and takes the care and intention to pour into his players. Absolutely. He is a very relational person, you know, and I think, you know, we saw a lot of this even in his climb through the minor leagues, right? I mean, he was 
at times really not that much older than a lot of the players he was managing. His minor league career was so short. Um, he immediately started, you know, coaching and he gets up to the major leagues and here he is, you know, for instance, coaching Matt Carpenter, who was his roommate when they, you know, were both drafted in the same class. So, um, but he is a guy who commands respect by the way that he carries himself. Um, the fact that he is bilingual allows him to communicate and relate to, you know, just about everybody in that clubhouse, which is um, such, such a value trait in the sport. But yeah, I mean, he is going to pour himself into people. And I think if you're playing for somebody that you know is invested in you and wants to see you be successful, not only on the field, but also successful and happy in your life, um, that's somebody that you're going to want to play for. And I think that's going to be really important in the clubhouse that he is walking into now because I mean this is a group that when they left Dodger Stadium a few weeks ago all but assumed that Mike Schilt would be back as manager and you know I think just as much as it was a jolt to everybody on the outside to see what happens soon after it's a big jolt to those in the clubhouse so I think having somebody like Ollie to kind of galvanize that group get them on the same track, pulling back in the same direction is going to be very valuable. And I have no doubt that he'll be able to do that. Jen Langosh with us on 101 ESPN. And Jen, Tony Larusa has said the hardest thing to do as a manager is to manage a superstar at the end of his career. And Mike Matheny, at least, found out that it could be difficult to manage Yadier Molina, even if he wasn't at the end of his career. I, I would guess that that'll probably be the biggest challenge for uh, Oliver Marmol is finding the, the right amount of playing time for Yadi or Molina and then having Yadi agree with it. It is. I, I think every manager that's managed Yachty now, you know, this will be the fourth, has had that struggle. Um, I do go back to something that I remember Mark DeJohn telling me about Ollie when I uh, talked to him a few years ago for another story about kind of how Ollie was going to be the future manager, you know, in the system. The Cardinals were grooming him for this. Now, of, course, of course, not thinking that it would come this soon. Um, but DeJohn relayed a story that he, um, for back when Ollie was managing in state college, about some of the tough love that he would give to players. And an instance in particular where they were playing in the championship game and Ollie was not pleased with the effort that two of his players had given the night before. And he comes up to Dijon on the afternoon before this championship game and says, you know, like, what would you do, Mark? Would you bench these guys? And he goes, no, I, I probably would not for the championship game. And Ollie turned around and he said, I'm going to. And that was his way of making, of sending a message to the club that one individual was not more important than the team and the collective. And so um, I think Ollie is capable of that. It is going to be very hard to, you know, figure out how to message that to a future Hall of Famer in your clubhouse. And that is going to be a delicate balance. I think he faces um, certainly right off the bat, but I do think we've seen in Ollie's demeanor and in the way he can be assertive in a clubhouse that he is, he is more capable of leading those who have been around much longer than him. And again, still commanding the attention even at his age. Jen, I want to go back to the dismissal of Mike Schilt. John Mozalek described it as philosophical differences, which has become kind of the buzzword around this entire situation. What was your interpretation of that term, philosophical differences, when you first heard it? Yeah, you know, I feel like we're going to see this on T-shirts, right? Uh, philosophical <laughs> differences. You know, I... I wasn't, I wasn't totally quick to buy into the fact that like this had all to do with analytics. Uh, you know, I, Mike Schilt believed in analytics. I mean, unless something happened in the two years since I've been off the beat, I mean, he was not one to dismiss that. I, what I heard from a few people, you know, and again, I'm not like as close to this as I used to be, was that 
there was just some internal struggle going on there. And, you know, I don't think it necessarily rubbed people the right way when Mike would come out and try to keep others in the organization a little more accountable, um, that maybe some of that accountability should have fallen on him, at least, you know, public facing. So I think that's kind of where it lie. I, you know, will we ever really know what happened? I don't think so. I don't think Mike Schilt's going to come out and, and say so. Probably, you know, in part for the sake of his own career is he's trying to get another job. But I don't think it's as simple as like he wasn't listening to the front office or he wasn't buying into analytics because he did. Uh, you know, he was he was a collaborative manager um, while I was there, and I, I don't believe that changed drastically overnight. I just think there were some internal differences. I also think, quite frankly. The Cardinals knew that they had a future manager in Ollie Marmol, and perhaps at some point they said, you know, we have Mike Schilt or we have Ollie, which one we prefer, and we prefer Ollie, and he was already there. So, you know, it, it might have really pushed them in that direction, knowing that they had an easy candidate, somebody that they were kind of ready to, to take that step. Jen Langosh with us, Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. And Jen, you are you were overseeing the baseball writers dinner and we've pivoted away from that for 2022 because of covid. And we're going to have multiple events. But one of the really fun ones is going to be a trivia night, a virtual trivia night coming up November 5th. And people can get involved now. I, I actually recorded my questions and answers, so I'm really excited about it because I think I give really tough questions. But to, if people want to play, how can they do so? Uh, I hope they're not too tough, Randy. No, uh, too we gotta, tough. you know, they're gettable. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, good. Yeah, so this is really exciting. It's our first annual um, virtual trivia night. It's next Friday from seven to nine. The really cool thing is you don't have to live in St. Louis to participate because it's virtual, and you can also like do so with friends who maybe live all over the country or who are spread out. Um, we are selling tables of eight uh, for two hundred dollars. So if you do the quick math, that's twenty five dollars a person. Um, you can join your friends for the two hour event. We have six rounds of trivia. Cardinals trivia, baseball trivia, pop culture um, should be a really fun night. If you're interested in participating, you can go straight to the Eventbrite website and just type in St. Louis Baseball Writers Virtual Trivia, and you'll find our page and be able to buy tickets there. Um, if that's too complicated, you can also send me a message on Twitter, and I can send you the link directly. Uh, my Twitter handle is still Langosh MLB. And then all the money that we raise is going to go toward funding um, scholarships and internships for college students. So this is a really cool event that we hope will be a lot of fun. Prizes will be awarded to the winning team, but more than that, um, we just hope it's a fun night for people to gather with fellow Cardinal fans. And uh, right at the end of the World Series, they'll talk a little bit of baseball. Sounds great. And I just retweeted the flyer, so if people want the information, that they can just follow me as well, at Randy Carricker okay. on Twitter. Jen, it is great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time this morning. Say hi to Matt, and best to you and the family, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the World Series. You too. Take care. That is Jen Langosh joining us on 101 ESPN. Really good insight into Ali Marmol and I, I think probably the most interesting take on the Mike Schilt high, uh, firing that we've heard, Michelle. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. 
and Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.